You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. So what we're going to do is take a retrospective look at the season and talk about where we feel like the Auburn Tigers are right now so far in the season. Quick update. Um, Coach Hugh Freeze did the Wednesday presser with the SEC and he talked about some injury updates. Uh, the unfortunate news is, uh, and I have a super chat here about this, and so we'll talk about it here with Cleveland Brown saying the injury bug got us down bad right now. Hopefully we can keep what we got healthy on the back end of the season. Still sucks to lose Nasili Kite. So if you guys have not heard, Mosiah Nasili Kite, torn bicep out for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Keys still a couple of days, excuse me, a couple of weeks away from coming back from his broken finger, I think he had in his hand or broken bone in his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is not yet poised to return. Uh, Damari Austin was reported as potentially going to be available for the LSU game, but he's still tentative right now. Jalen Simpson also dealing with a lower leg injury, a calf injury that he sustained during the Georgia game. And he's listed as probable right now for the LSU game. My thoughts are that Jalen will likely play, though, because he played the remainder of that game. But we'll see what happens with him as the week progresses. But um, and then Keontae Scott still on the, the mend, but doing what he can do to get back healthy. But we don't expect to see him back for another couple of weeks. Um, any thoughts on the injury stuff happening right now with Auburn? But definitely. uh hate to see Nasili Kite go down. I think he had been a really solid contributor along the defensive front for us. And um, that defensive line rotation is just going to have to figure out how to get more stout, um, play play some other guys. Zeke Walker going to have an opportunity. Who do you guys feel like needs to step up in the absence of Nasili Kite? Yo, I mean, really, it matters on, on who the coaches, the coaches think, because I mean, we, we've had, we got a lot of guys really at defensive line that, younger guys who could play. I mean, we're four or five more guys deep in that room that that could get snaps, that probably want snaps and need snaps. So, um, and EJ Sledge was still here and and he was glad to be here, glad to stay here and was looking forward to to this season. So, hey, I want him to get some snaps. Now, I don't know how many snaps he's gotten so far. That's the thing. I I don't have those, I don't just, know that he's those defensive snaps snaps so. for well, our guys to see who up. has even gotten on the field. But my first guess would be somebody who's gotten on the field in limited work and now stands to have their role expanded. But um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know who who is going to be first up for that opportunity though. But we got we got dudes, and now will they get a shot? Mike G, any thoughts on that? Who? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Up? Defensive line was thought to be possibly a liability coming into the season. Um, the pass rush still has left a lot to be desired. Um, and we heard a lot of things about Nasili Kite, you know, going into the season about how well he ha- he was playing. So uh, him going down uh, out for season with a bicep tear. Uh, interesting. Um 
is disappointing news. Uh, now, we knew Auburn was good at the one deep. Uh, beyond that, we also knew that depth would be a, an issue. So I'm kind of would be, man, when you're looking at this, when you're going down this roster, trying to figure out, okay, who's the next guy up here? You know, like, um, I'm not sure we have the answer to that question. Um, this is something that I want to talk to the talk to them about in the presser next week in the lead up to LSU. Um, you know, who do they, they expect to, uh, to to step up here uh, and fill in for him on the D line? You know, a lot of these guys have been playing well. Marcus Harris has been p- playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, we know Justin Rogers is out there. Like, you know, who is the next guy up uh, on this line? I, I, I'm not sure that Auburn has the answer to that right now. So Coach Jeremy Garrett's got some work to do, man, to make sure they can fill somebody in there that can do the job. Uh, but, I, but I just don't know that we have the answer to that question right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know um, Lawrence Jackson is another guy that probably will get some more snaps mm, now. Right. Transfer from Purdue. Purdue. Mm. You mentioned Lawrence the Nietzsche slit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like Jackson and Johnson. Sorry. Um, you mentioned the Nietzsche sledge as the Cavius Walker, somebody that I mentioned earlier. Keldrick Falk definitely will have some more opportunities now to play at defensive end. He's been getting a lot of snaps there right now, so he will probably get more production there. Um, so, yeah. Um, Got to figure out that rotation and figure out how to get more guys in there. I, I think what will might end up happening is you see Jason Jones kick out to play more of the D tackle spot. Mm. Um, and then they'll be rotating in Johnson and um, what's my guy's name? Um, uh, Justin Rogers more at the nose. Mm. Um, but we'll see. We will see how it goes, but definitely sorry to see that young man lose the last year, I think, of eligibility that he has uh, mm. to an injury. So, you know, hopefully he can get a speedy recovery and make it back to time to get to some sort of um, camps for, you know, uh, the draft and such. Um, let's talk about grades for the season thus far. Um, mm. I'll I, Let's start with the defense, because I think okay. the defense is the easiest one to get okay. out of the way. Actually, you know what? No, let's start with special teams, because the special teams is going to be the shortest conversation. Start okay. with the special teams. Um no field goals have been missed so far this season. Right. Oscar Chapman has been punting the living stuffing out of the football so far. He's saved us on a couple of occasions so far with field position. Right. The kick return game has been decent, aided by Brian Batty and his ability to return. Keontae Scott was doing well until he got hurt, then a few muffed punts by some folks in one particular game. And uh, since then, we really haven't had any punt returns. The kick coverage has been up and down, right? We've had a lot of short kicks recently that have been returned for some decent field position. Punt coverage has been okay, not great. What are you thinking on your grade for special teams so far? Uh, listen, Chapman makes this a B-plus for me, right? And, and, and listen— Keontae Scott, because Keontae Scott was still out there fielding punts, this would be an A. This would absolutely be an A. Batty is a threat every time on kickoff to take it to the house. Agreed. 100%. He has shown why he was a leader in all-purpose yards last season in all of the NCAA. Now he's running the ball like a monster. Uh, if if, if um, Damari is out, expect him to continue that. But, but on special teams, I, I think this has to be special teams has not been a liability. Has has uh, McPherson missed a kick this year? Has not. 
He's not missed a kick this year. He's not been called on much, but some of those have been some pretty long field goals. I gotta eat, I gotta eat crow on McPherson. I was not a McPherson truther. I said it loudly and proudly. I was just loud and wrong on McPherson. Yo, he's going out and he's nailing kicks from 40 plus. I don't think you can ask any more from your kicker, uh, other than him to make more of them uh so that Auburn can get some offensive points on the board. <laughs> uh uh I I like special teams, man. I think special teams has been the only thing they're missing really is like a blocked field goal or blocked punt or something this season. And we've been close right. a couple of times, but yeah, that's yeah. the only thing they're missing. This is a B plus, man. I think it's a B plus. If they had if they had scored a touchdown, I would I would give this a, I would give this an A. But special teams has absolutely been right where you want. Not talking about them often. <laughs> yeah, right. Like unless they're scoring touchdowns. Blocking kicks, you don't want to be talking about special teams for the most part. Right. Uh, and we're not. So B plus. I'm gonna say A minus just because Oh, you went A. They they've they've held us down. No major errors. And the only major error was muff punts that didn't cost us the game, and that's because we didn't have the right guy back there. Um due to injury. It wasn't necessarily special teams units giving up the ghost. It was isolated and then when we put somebody else back there to return punts we didn't have any or the next game once they got to practice it it was fine so um some really big punt returns or maybe some kickoff touchdowns or some touchdowns either way in the in the special teams would be a plus plus but when you're holding it down kicking the field goals getting this good field position that's your job and they're doing it so i say a minus yeah, I think I'm going to go with Mike on this and say B+. Plus. Um, I'm not going to ignore the muffed punts that happened, even though they weren't the standard field uh, returners doing that. It still happened. Um, the, you know, the, though he saved it, the one snap sailing way over the punter's head in the Texas A&M game wasn't good. Um, you know, but and that could that could have been disastrous in that game. So I'll go B plus on it. I think it's been very solid. Um, and if we had done some more positive things to negate those negatives that I just talked about, I could get into the A category. I'll go B plus, though. Very solid for our kick coverage team. I wish we would stop kicking the ball short of the end zone, though. I don't understand why we're doing that. And I want it to stop immediately, <laughs> immediately. All right. Um Let's move over to now the defensive side of the football. And Auburn's defense has performed admirably. First year under defensive coordinator Ron Roberts. Uh, we've got Jalen Simpson, uh, I think currently by PFF, the highest rated defensive back in the country. Uh, he is, what, four interceptions on the season, if I'm not mistaken? Mm -hmm. We've got, you know, Kaufman, who's out there causing havoc every time he touches the field. Um, really the entire defensive secondary. DJ James should have two interceptions on the year. He let one slip through his fingers in week one. We forced turnovers on defense at a good rate this season. How are we feeling about the defense? Haven't been particularly great on third downs, particularly third and long in the Power 5 contest so far this season. But we've been stingy. Haven't given up a ton of points. Uh, I mean, what's the high point total that anybody's put up so far um, on us? 27. Texas A&M, 27? Yeah. yeah. It's not been a lot. I mean, they are averaging 18 points allowed per game. Uh, that was inflated a little bit by Georgia and Texas A&M. Um, but ultimately, this is this defense has been, real, has been pretty good. Um, I still think, honestly, I think through five games, they've actually they've actually played at a championship level. 
I think this defense has played at a championship level through five games. Um, they've consistently put their team in positions to win in the fourth quarter of every single game, right? Like they just have not been a liability. Uh, I know a lot. I know Ron Roberts got a lot of flack for um, the defense on Bowers at the end of the game. It's been a trending social media topic. How could you not bracket Bowers? Like, listen, man, at the end of the day, Bowers is that is is that dude, man. He's just, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't. Sometimes there's just no defense for a great player. He's going out there. He's making one-handed catches. He's reaching behind himself to catch balls that that most people wouldn't catch. What was it? The one throw that um, uh, Beck made where he, I mean, it was it was behind him. Yeah, and he he went he reached back and he caught that ball and I, people, he made it look routine. And people get mad when Auburn receivers don't make catches like that. But I'm telling you, that's not a catch. That's not an everyday catch for any kind of receiver. Just not. These things are hard. The good players make those plays look routine. And one guy, you know, going off at the end of the game does not negate the the entire body of work that this defense have done has done. And once you factor, guys, once you factor in turnovers. They've been damn near elite. They're forcing like, yeah, two, three turnovers a game, man. That's going to keep you in it. How many turnovers have we forced this season? That's actually a good question. It's it's been like two or three games. I'm telling you, they've been they've been elite turning, forcing turnovers. Yeah, we've been really good. You know, (laughs) you, you open up the half against Georgia, bam, turnover, and then what? Score. If you're going to beat a team like Georgia, you have to. Forced turnovers. There were some almost turnovers there too that that were close, but not quite. You got Sim- Jalen Simpson. It might be the best DB in all of college football right now. He's certainly the highest graded through five weeks per Pro Football Focus. You know they are producing. I mean, the, the, the defense is an A for me. Let me get to my grade. The defense is an A. <laughs> The defense is an A because they are doing exactly what the, you need them to do to keep you in games. You're not going to score points. You're not going to win games. But ultimately, the defense is keeping teams at a reasonable level where you should be within reach offensively. Every single game, they're creating uh, parity, turnovers. They are wreaking havoc. Everybody was like, oh, what about the run defense? Us inclu- A lot of us included. We just didn't know. Yeah. They've been pretty good. The only knock that I really give them is pass rush. Yes. You know, outside of pass, I mean, it would be an A++, man, if the pass rush was was popping. So they're, they're not perfect, but I think that Ron Roberts' scheme has done for the defense what we thought Hugh Freeze's scheme would do for the offense. He has consistently put guys in position to make plays, and they have. Not sure you can ask for much more in year one. <laughs> now, if you start talking about all this recruiting everybody's talking about and you start to get dudes in, when you get to start at square three instead of square one with some of these guys, with these five-star athletes, they're going to be nasty. And Auburn is going to have to drop a whole bag to keep Ron Roberts in the fold. He's doing a great job. A for the defense. B. B for the defense. The pass rush has been wanting. We've had to 
blitz a couple times in the Georgia game specifically where we sent a blitz and that blitz got got because we had to send a fifth guy to try to get the quarterback. And that's what failed us. We need four guys to get pressure. And so far, we really can't do that. Tackling left a little bit to be desired. Um, this last game, it wasn't nearly as bad, but Texas A&M. Oh, no, this last game was bad. It was bad. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't rewatch. I didn't remember it being particularly bad. I, I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about particular plays, specifically the last one where Brock Bowers just like people were just not really even trying to tackle that young man. Like it was, it was mostly Brock Bowers. So let me not say it was bad the whole game. It was mostly the times when Brock Bowers had the ball where the tackling yeah, was bad. Y'all negative. Yeah. I'm not negative. I'm being honest. That y'all, did, y'all negative. What did negative. you did you see them attempt to tackle him and like? It's 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 y'all negative. <laughs> wait, till we get, wait, wait till we get to the offense. I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, we, oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. We, we, we have been, what we've done is on offense, we haven't turned the ball over in our last two contests like the way we did last season, right? Like last season, we were terrible turning the ball over. This season, the defense is playing very well. But when I'm thinking, if I'm thinking the A to A plus defense, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking 2019, where. You, you don't even think about it. Whatever you want to try, don't think about it. And if we want to get fancy and send some pressure, then we're really going to stifle what you do. Then we're going to take the ball away from you. We are a very sound defense. I think the experience in that defensive backfield allows them to send people from different places to change their responsibility on a play. And it, it's just amazing what you can do with that much experience back there. And that's not something that I think necessarily gets better if everybody in that backfield is a freshman or a sophomore five-star. It's like, yeah, but these guys have been through it already. They, they've they played this game. Um, we've got some very good tacklers in the defensive backfield. We've also got one or two that, you know, I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that this year teams have come into this and kind of scheme DJ James alone to handle the running back coming out of the backfield. Like, they watch their tape. That's something I don't think we we give enough teams credit for. If I want to get my guy on your worst tackling guy, I'm gonna get, let me get my strong running back on your smallest defensive back. That's a win. That's scheming. That's good coaching. And unfortunately, you know, DJ James, is you know, he hasn't necessarily been up to the challenge once or twice on that one. But that's what would make us an A-plus defense. If we tackle better, and if we rushing, got after the passer. 2019, we didn't even have to. We didn't even need four to get after the passer. We just needed three. DB and two dudes. DB, drug, big cat Bryant in, into the conversation as part of as being part of a good defense. That boy had no business, even on that defensive line with, with DB. But he was there. I can't believe that he did all that with big cat Bryant on the line. Holy crap. <laughs> that man had a busted tire. was still going 90 miles an hour down the highway. DB, man. And still doing the NFL, too. But yeah, uh, B plus, B plus. I'm sorry, got off topic. B plus. Yeah, I, I, I'm going B plus as well. I think the uh, the defense has been better than average this year. But if we had a a better pass rush with four, if we had just one guy that could be, like I I thought that Jalen McLeod was going to come in there and be an unblockable force off of the edge, and he has just not been that guy. And you know I thought we were going to have double digit sack guys on this team this year, and we're not trending in that direction at all. Um, and the linebacker play has been up and down, particularly in coverage. Um, again, mm, third down right. defense That's has not been great. Uh, the the tackling. For DJ James, already outlined, has not been phenomenal. Um, yeah. 
has been less than stellar uh, for him in particular. And then, you know, some of our coverage busts that we've had on the back end. I think the lack of depth is showing in that defensive secondary in some spots, particularly in that star and safety group yeah. where we're just not as proficient with uh, guys that go down in that group. And and that's caused some of this stuff to look a little bit worse, particularly late Texas A&M game and then late Georgia uh, without some of the guys that we would have had in there. Um, so B plus still really good, but um, c- could could use some improvement. Hopefully when, you know, they get back from this break, we get some guys healthy. Um, we'll see them start to, to, to ratchet it up a little bit. I think the defense is trending in the right direction though, as far as guys getting snaps that have not traditionally gotten snaps or weren't going to start and they're starting to kind of figure it out. And I think that Ron Roberts can start to put more on their plate defensively yep. and we can be a little bit more exotic um, with our defense. So I'm looking forward to the trajectory that the defense is going to take um, as we continue this season. But for right now, like I said, B plus defensive secondary, Jalen Simpson, again, stellar. Eugene Asante has been a revelation for this team. Larry Nixon has been really great for this team. Um, you know, I hate the fact that Austin Keys is not there to give us a little bit more depth in that linebacker room yeah. because that that I think that we're hurting there because of that. Um, I can't say enough about how I think Kay and Lee has actually performed really well as the freshman corner out there in the absence of of, of Nehemiah Pritchett early in the season. Yeah, Zion Puck has been up and down, but he's a guy I think I think he gets a little bit too much. He's one he's kind of the quarterback of the defense. He gets mm-hmm. a lot of blame in scenarios where I don't think he deserves it and I don't think he gets all the credit though sometimes when he does do the thing that he's supposed to do. All the guys when we had the fireside said Zion Puck is probably the smartest guy back there in the defensive backfield. He knows where people are supposed to be. He's lined up properly and gets everybody else in in the right place. He's a valuable asset to that defense. We're missing Keontae Scott, though, right we now are. in that we star are. room. We are. Which is crazy because think about how good we've been without him. Like, that's, yeah. I, I, I want to see, what would we have been like? Could we have defensed our way into an, a win at Texas A&M or Georgia with a Keontae Scott on the field? I think we possibly could have. I think we possibly could have with with a, a just because again the way that that defense is set up. This listen, um, think about Texas A and M in particular. Uh, Donovan Kaufman was hurt for portions of that game, and when he went out, that defense suffered a little bit. Right, he was up and down throughout that game with injuries. Yeah. If Keontae Scott was there, you just have another guy that you put in to be able to to be in that spot. The star position is so crucial to this defense as far as getting people aligned and kind of understanding what needs to happen in different alignments. Um, that I think that the absence of Keontae Scott has been big for this defense. So yeah, I think that it it would we we could have potentially you know, defensively done a little bit better in Texas A&M. I don't know if we win that game, but I think potentially against Georgia, you have more bodies to throw at a guy like Brock Bowers and you don't have, you know, tired Puckett and Kaufman trying to go against him at the end of that game. You've got an additional body that you could throw at him. Maybe you're in a different position in that game. Again, I don't know if we win those games, but I do think it changes a lot of things. Who who would you put as your... MVP right now for the defense. That's Jalen Simpson. Yeah, I think it's pretty, it's Jalen it's Simpson. Pretty yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the turnovers, the, the timely interceptions, right? Like, you know, he's going in there and just fighting for the ball, man. Like that that interception versus Georgia was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, like I, I had no sense how good an interception that was from the booth. Um, you know, when I went back and I looked at the broadcast, it it was incredible, incredible pick. Uh, so it's got to be Jalen Simpson for me. All right, yeah, I would pick Simp as well. Who is your? Um, I didn't see this coming, but this guy really has been paying dividends. Most improved is not the right one. Biggest surprise on defense so far this season. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to not say Asante because we didn't even know if if he was going to be on the team this year because he did, didn't even get on the field for us last year. So all these questions about linebacker, Tolan ends up not being with the team after fall camp. Keys ends up injured as soon as the season starts. We got Larry Nixon in here. We knew he was a tackling machine at North Texas, but we didn't know what to expect. And it's Eugene Asante, a guy that had been on campus for a full year, who got into the mix and instantly showed a tenacity and, and, and speed that we didn't think we had at the position. So, yeah, I mean, I, he's probably the reason why the run defense hasn't been a liability. Um, Nixon as well, but I think Asante and Nixon really are a good tag team in the middle for us. But I'm, I'm going to say Asante. Okay. What about you, Mike? I agree with B on this one. Asante. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to, to say he came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, I want to give some mentions to guys like Marcus Harris, who I think has played stellar in uh, on that defensive front. And then a guy like DK, who is just, good Lord, man, he's been all over the place. But I think a, a guy who at the beginning of the season, nobody would have said, oh, man, he's one of our more valuable defensive players. Eugene Asante has probably played himself onto draft boards. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that he has been probably the biggest surprise of the season so far for the defense. Um, all right. This one is going to be one that you're going to be reluctant to answer, but I mm. want you to answer anyway. Who has Come been on, the man. biggest disappointment so oh, far on that, defense? Man. They all Auburn Tigers, man. I read my Auburn Tigers. I don't want to say nothing like that. Uh, no, you're not disappointed in anybody's play so far this season on defense? Um, I, and it doesn't mean that they're bad. It's just they haven't performed up to what you thought they were going to do so far this year. I say disappointment suggests that I had certain expectations Correct. and we didn't meet them. Yes, no, has not met ex- expectations. Nobody? There's nobody. I expected a, a big year from Marcus Harris. I'm getting it. Mm. I expected a big year from. I expected Simpson to play well. I didn't see him playing this well, but I expected him to play well. Expected nothing from Asante. We're getting a lot. Um, I didn't think we had a, like dominant, unstoppable players on the defensive line outside of Marcus Harris. So it's not like a surprise, like, oh, well, they're not playing as good. Like, no, I just, they're they're doing okay. So, you know, I don't know. That's tough. Who is a disappointment? Why are you Man. thinking about that? Mike, do you have any names or you you don't have any any guys who have underperformed expectations so far this season? <laughs> defense. Oh, uh, defense? Yeah. Um uh, it feels like we haven't been hearing Justin Rogers' name a ton. We have not heard his name a ton. That's true. Yeah, and so I would. I mean, maybe Justin Rogers. It's tough because 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 the, the expectations were high on defense outside of the secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of those guys have over overperformed in my book. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name and it's gonna shock everybody, and you can be mad at me for saying it. 
DJ James has been disappointing for me so far this that's season. That's fair, though. That's fair. I mean, I think that's he's, fair. I, he, in coverage, he's been pretty good. Like, he hasn't been bad in coverage. But yeah. that young man's tackling has been— Yeah, the tackling has not been good, yeah. It's been—it's been—it's not even—it's been bad. Like, his open field tackling has been bad. And that, yeah. to me, is disappointing for a guy that's played as much football as he has this season— I mean, um, this in his career— um, and I get it. He's undersized, right? But I remember, what was his name? Steven Roberts that was out there on the outside for us mm-hmm. um, back in the day. Opelika's super, finest, that's right. Super undersized and barely ever missed tackles. Uh, DJ James has got to do better for me in the tackling department. And, uh, you know, again, great cover guy. I don't want to take anything away from his covers. And this isn't to say that he's played bad this season so just because i say he's underperformed my expectations doesn't mean he's played bad but that that him missing his those open field tackles has been has been disappointing for me i'm gonna go dj james yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah you've been pretty consistent on that though like you've been consistently talking about his tackling all season right yeah. so uh and that's I the problem see- i've had to mention it often yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I, I, on D-line, though, yeah, man, I, I'll stick with Justin Rogers. Uh, DJ James is a good one. It doesn't mean that he's terrible. Right, again, gonna go to, I'm not somebody's saying gonna it, go, Somebody's going to go to Twitter and course, be like, yeah. I said DJ James is the worst DB to ever be born. Yeah, of course, uh, of course. That's it's going to be, but yeah, it's, it's just, you know, for somebody who was an all-SEC selection, Right, I think it yeah. was like third, third team All SEC. Correct. Maybe he got so, yeah, right. and I felt like that was disrespectful to him to start the season to say yeah, he was I third team All SEC. I, I did. He's looking pretty third teamish right now from a tackling standpoint. So yeah, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. All right, uh, let's see. Let's get into it, guys. Grades, offense. Who wants to start? Nobody wants to start. Nobody wants to give their offensive grade. Uh, wait, well. C minus. C minus offense. Because the the run game has been a revelation. The run game has been a revelation. It has, just as much as the defense has allowed us to stay in these games, the run game has allowed us to stay in these games. Outside of Cal, where the run game was making mistakes turning the ball over, it has maintained production through two SEC games against some talented some talented defensive fronts, and it's the reason we've been able to stay in these games. We've been able to move the ball down the field, win time of possession in both of our SEC matchups. We are winning time of possession, (laughs) which means we are maintaining the ball, which means the only failure is the passing game not being able to actually get us into the end zone or get some big chunk plays. It feels egregious how... Much the offense is letting us down, but it's not the entirety of the offense. It's very specifically the passing game. So I'm going to say a C minus because when's the last time we scored 20 points against Georgia? Hmm. 2017, right? So I'm going to say C minus. Okay. And I guess I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, C minus. All right. Mike, thoughts on the offense? What's your grade, sir? I've been. Stewing on this one, uh-huh. I, I'll go ahead and do. My, I'll let you. Yeah. I'll go ahead and do mine. I'm going to okay. give the, the 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 offense a C, a solid C. Okay, average. 
Um, and it is mostly because what she said, we are leading, well, we're number two, I think, now officially in the SEC in yards per game. Um, we're almost averaging five yards per carry. And total even yards if you, per game? On the ground. Oh, rushing, on the ground. On the ground. Rushing okay, yards. Yeah. 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 Um, in, in rushing yards per game. We're, we're almost averaging five yards per carry, even if you take out the, the quarterback rushing statistics. But if you add them in, we are right at five yards per, per carry. Um, the pass offense has been, I don't even know a good word to use for it. Uh, uninspired in particularly in the power five. I mean, we've looked good in, you know, the, the, the other two games that were FCS opponents, um, or non P five opponents. Right. Just hasn't been good. It hasn't been good. And so that drags the score down for us. Uh, a bit there, but it's been average. I, I think that it could definitely be better. It could definitely be worse, though. As bad as it feels like it's been, it could definitely be worse because our run offense has been so good for us so far this season. Um, I'm going to have to give it a C. C. All right, yeah. man, come on. <laughs> I'm going to go C minus. Okay, uh, not yeah, not as bad as I thought you were going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go C- minus because you can't give them anything lower than that and say they're doing anything positive at all, and they are doing some positive things. So, uh, but 13th in the conference in total yards. Woof. Sucks. <laughs> in the conference with 14 teams, I would say that's pretty bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> 10th in the conference in points per game. Uh, which is inflated by a couple of cupcakes, right. by the way. So, like, if we took out Power 5 teams, that thing, I mean, we'd be scoring, like, 13, 14 points a game. It, it would not be good. 14, and, 10, and 20. What's the average? Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it would be good. Uh, I was thank you for the math there, B. Um, and then, obviously, passing. Uh, I still don't know. Zach, Zach over on Locked On, asked me this question, guys. And, you know, he said, he asked me, do you think that they can fix the problems offensively during the bye week? And I said, yes. And then he asked, well, you know, how close are they to fixing it? And I was like, I'm not sure. So the clarification was asked, well, how can you think they can fix it but not be sure? And I'm like, I, I see problems that can be fixed. I don't know how close this coaching staff is to fixing them, though. So, uh, yeah, Hugh Freeze, you know, the issue of the quarterback is is front and center. You know, they went out, they got Peyton Thorne, they named him the starter before the end of fall camp. The coach very honestly came out and said he's pressing, and I thought if I just named him the starter, he'd stop pressing. It tells me that they expected him to come in and take the job by the horns. And through five games, he has not done that. Um, They seem to be regressing in terms of what they trust him with, which is limiting the offensive scheme to some extent. You know, he does not throw it in the red zone a ton. I, I still don't know what this team is offensively. They can run the ball, but a lot of those numbers, Peyton Thorne is the leading rusher. Guys, if that can, that can't continue, that's not good. If Peyton Thorne's going to be the leading rusher, Auburn could lose five out of the next six. That can't happen. You got to get the running backs more involved in the running game. 
and you know you've got to call a game plan that makes sense for what you brought Peyton Thorne in for. I want to see his arm. I want to see him throw the ball. I want to see him throw the ball at a rate where he actually has a chance to get settled into the game throwing the ball. I don't feel like they've given him that chance. I keep done the film review. Stop me anytime during this diatribe when I say something that's off base based on the film. But seven passes in the first half against Georgia. And the, and you know, while I'm watching it, I, I tweeted it out. I was like, they're going to have to figure out a way to get more. They're going to need the passing game at the end of this game because it's going to be tight. Georgia's going to come back, which happened quickly after I tweeted that. And it was this game was always going to necessitate Auburn needing some sort of drive at the end of the game to either seal it or come back or something. And you weren't going to do that running the ball. You have to. You were going to have to do it passing. The faith that I had that they were going to be able to do that was so low. And it looked disjointed, and I, it, it was tough, man. But I see fixable issues. I see balls that receivers can start to catch. I see opportunities that the quarterback can start to find. I see play-calling adjustments that the coaching staff can start to learn. So this grade is not only on the players, but it's on the coaches on offense because it's not as if they can't do anything. They've got talent, man. I still believe in this team, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford in there. I believe that the ability is there, whether they can harness and manifest it soon is what's up in the air. Now, what I said about the de- what did I say about the defense? Ron Roberts' scheme has consistently put guys in a position to make plays. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that's what's happening offensively, not consistently. There have been opportunities, certainly. But pulling Robbie out of the game on that third and one, like that, I'm, that didn't make any sense. There were so many things there. You had them on their heels, and then you gave them time. It wasn't as much about Robbie as it was you giving them time to sub and counter. You got the running quarterback in the game, man. Just run it. Pick up the first down and pull them out after. (laughs) Then open up your offense. That's tough, man. So whether it's an errant throw or a wrong route that's being run, I, I, I don't know how you would give this offense anything more than a C at this point. And the, 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 you know, similarly to, you know, we talked about the tackling and the tackling on defense kind of kept you guys from giving them an A. Um, so there's usually one part of it, of it that pulls all the good parts down. For me, the rushing offense is not enough to pull up the other areas of this offense that I feel like are not up to snuff just yet. So it'll be interesting to see how they change the scheme. It's funny how much better players look, guys, when you scheme up a perfect play. And then they have a chance to execute something that puts a guy wide open. And they can start to do more routine things to help get them in the flow of the game rather than not doing them at all and then asking them to just pull it out of their butt at the end of the game. I don't like it. So, you know, there's my... Negative Nancy one for this <laughs> these, these things. I just, I mean, and, I, and I'm not. I mean, I, I, you guys can chime in here. I, I hope I'm not saying anything that's off base. 
It just hasn't, it's, it's, it is below where I thought it would be. Never in my mind did I think Peyton Thorne would win the starting job at Auburn and then be on pace to throw for fewer yards than Robbie Ashford did in nine starts last year. That's what's happening. Now, I'm not, again, if you're listening to this, I'm not putting that all on Peyton. The opportunities are just not there. How many, how many pass attempts did he have versus uh, Sanford? Because I think that's the one that he threw the ball the most in. Versus Sanford, Peyton Thorne had 32 attempts. I think that's his most attempts on the season. I think so. I double-check. Robbie threw the ball 38 times against LSU last year for over 300 yards. They knew that they had to move the ball somewhat through the air to win games. But if you go back and you look at the Power 5 games, his attempts have been pretty limited. That's 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 a little concerning to me, right? Like he had 14, only 14 attempts versus Cal. That's it. Right? Versus Texas A&M, he had 12 attempts. And then Georgia, I think he had 19. That's not a ton of opportunities. So that's part of why his yards are lacking. For sure. Yeah, his attempts are way down from way what he down. was doing at Mississippi State. I mean, 14 and 12. Like, dude, that's how they were managing Stetson Bennett in year one in that first championship run. He had games with only 12 attempts. Yeah. So I, but they had, a, they had, a, they had the best defense in the history of college football that year backing them up and consistently getting them the ball back. I, I just think, I just wonder if at any, is there any point where they will truly open up this offense with Peyton Thorne's arm and give us a chance to see whether he can actually get the job done with his arm or not? Because I don't think he's been given the opportunity fully yet. No, I mean, listen, the, the past game hasn't shown, the, well, the coaches, I should say, have not shown any confidence in the past game, whether that's confidence in the quarterback, confidence in the wide receivers, confidence in the blocking of the offensive line. There has not been a lot of confidence in our ability to throw the football thus far this season. Zach, Zach, Zach mentioned this, right? He's the only SEC QB without a single throw. He's going to throw the ball away one time hmm. so far this year. I, and I posted a video with all his throws <laughs> this year. That's actually, I, I didn't think about that. I'm sitting here rethinking all of the cutups that I have. He absolutely has not has thrown not the ball thrown away the ball a single away. time. I don't know what you make of that stat. I just wow. thought it was interesting, right? That's because it's, yeah, because his, his completion percentage is still well over 60%, at least for now. I think it's like 62, 63. But yeah, he hasn't thrown the ball away one wow. time. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that the sign of somebody who's pressing Ike? I, it's a sign of somebody who's holding on to the ball too long and not being decisive, in my opinion. But all right, okay. so let's 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 do the unenviable thing before we get out of here. All right. Who is your offensive MVP so far this season through the bye week? This one's tough. This is a hard one. I'll tell you who mine is, and maybe it'll okay. be easier for you guys. Okay. I think. Brian Batty has been a breath of fresh air for this offense so far this season. I think he's produced every single time he's touched the football. Brian Batty is going to be my offensive MVP so far. Yeah, that's, yeah, I got to agree. 
I got to agree. Oh, I see a Cam Stutz in there. That's a good one, too. Cam Stutz has played oh, really good on the offensive uh-huh. line. Yeah, I say Betty. Be Betty. Yes. We, we, we saw what he was able to do against both in both Power Five games. He finds room when I thought that running between the tackles might be harder for a guy that's only 170, uh-huh. but man, he does it. He finds that room. He gets those four, five, six yards. And yeah, he's been consistent. So, um, of the guys with enough snaps to qualify, Batty ha- is the highest graded PFF player Auburn has on offense. Mm-hmm. He is the highest graded. Uh, so, yeah, that's just a little fun food for thought there. Uh, in terms of, you know, yards here, right? Like, Jarquez has got 202 rushing yards on the season with a couple touchdowns. Uh, Jarquez is the leading rusher for the team, which is crazy considering he has. No, 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 he's not. Who's, who is, I mean, uh, excuse so, me, leading running back. Rusher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Peyton Thorne leads with 262 rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he missed the game. Right. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, and then you know from the receiver room, Jay Fair leads all receivers with 196 to- uh, total yards. Uh, Fairweather was my second choice there because I just feel like he's come up with the clutch catches in that um that Cal game, but um, Batty yeah. I think is my guy. It's close between it's close for me between Batty and Jay Fair. Jay Fair has played well this season. I think mm-hmm. he's lived up to, you know, I guess the next question is is who is the guy who has met all of your expectations for the season so far? I I, I don't think that you could say more about Jay Fair that hasn't been glowing, but I think he's he's matched every expectation I've had for the season, just hasn't had as enough opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's had more than anybody else on the team, but there are not a ton in in, you know, in total. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna go with Jay Fair on this one. I mean, he has scored a few a few touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's caught most of the catchable balls that have been thrown at him. You know, in a wide receiver core where, I mean, he's a he's just a dependable guy that will go out and make a play for you. And uh, like I said, it's really close between him and Vati for me, but I'm going to go with Jay. And I know, <laughs> I know obviously everyone thinks I have Jay bias. I 100% do. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I think he's lived up to it. I think he's earned it. I think yeah, he's earned it. I think it. he's earned it as well. Biggest surprise on offense so far this season for you? A guy who you didn't see doing what he's doing, but he's doing it. Biggest surprise. That's tough. There's been so few guys doing something great that we didn't already think were great. We knew the run game offense? was going to be good. Uh, I mean, we said, I thought we answered that, that we didn't think was going to be doing, that was the biggest surprise was Bat T. No, I just said MVP. I didn't say biggest surprise. Oh, it's Bat T then. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I thought he would be uh, good. I thought he'd be like the third running back actually getting handoffs and in the kicking game, but no, he's catching passes. He's basically the second running back on the field for us. And he's kicking the ball off, uh, running back kickoffs, and had a couple of really good kickoff returns as well. So, yeah, Betty. I can yeah, see I go, that. I go with Betty. I'm going to go with Cam Stutz on this one. I, I, you know, I didn't expect it in the preseason for Cam Stutz to be one of the better offensive linemen for us, and he has looked really good um, on that offensive line. His leadership has been really good. I'm going to go with Cam Stutz for that one. All right. This is the one. This is the last one we're going to do. 
Who has been the most underwhelming, the guy who has not met the expectations that you had in the preseason? Does anybody want to jump out there first? Yeah, it's Peyton Thorne for me. I expected I expected way more out of him for a guy with two years starting at this level. He brought in a ton of experience. I thought it would translate. Um, I thought we would see a I thought it would raise the floor for where this passing game would be. The floor is lower. At every at every statistical metric, the floor is lower. Hmm. Except for completion percentage. Because it's actually not lower there. Yeah, sure. But yes. <laughs> Everywhere yeah, it's slower. lower. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's I'm 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 kind of back and forth between Mike made mention of it. They don't trust Peyton Thorne to throw the ball. And you can that's evidenced by how few p- passes are called. I don't think that's entirely on Peyton Thorne, though. I think some of that is is definitely the wide receivers. And again, yeah, we we can true. take Hugh Freeze to his word. He has been complaining about them boys since yeah, that's the start fair. of fall camp. That's he fair. has yeah, been yeah, unhappy yeah, with the wide receivers yeah. since the Low first day that this is that we came, <laughs> that we yeah. came together. They were like, man, I don't know, like it. I, we got to get better. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he's got they, it. He's they too short. He's saying if complaining about a lot of stuff with the wide receivers, I think that the wide receivers are at least a good part of why. The passing game isn't good. It's not entirely. It's never going to be entirely on one person. Well, maybe yeah, some in some game in some sport. Yeah, you, unless you, you play from Nebraska, to. then it's entirely on. The court. Oh no, it's all his. That boy awful. Um, but in this case, I really do see it as a. It's really multifaceted, man. Like we've had some last game. You saw the wide receivers look more like the issue than they have looked even the games prior to that, but. We heard from Hugh Freeze, man, guys were running wrong routes and weren't running deep enough. We've seen very poor blocking from wide receivers and tight ends, which I'm, that, that's got to be part of this as well because they're they're part of the passing game. It It all comes together to look like, well, the quarterback can't really get the job done, but man, I think it's all of them. <laughs> Can I say all of them? <laughs> oh, I'm going to sound so down on our dudes, man. There, there are there are some guys who I haven't seen a lot of that I want to see more of, and I wonder if they would make a difference. But I also don't know if they are our highest ceiling players at any position. I want to see more Michael Riley Ducker. Why? Because the wide receiver, the tight ends who have played, have not blocked great. I don't think blocking is going to be an issue for Michael Riley Ducker. So, like, if if I were running the ship hypothetically here, and I never would be because I would never be a, a football coach because I'm not that uh, dedicated to football. This, this is this is of course this is us talking about this. I I would put every guy on the field who I could count on the most. So if I could count on you to run the route the the right route, it doesn't matter that you're not our most outstanding pass catcher. Get on the field. If I could count on you to hold this block more than I can the other guys who are playing in front of you. Get on the field because you're going to hold this block. If I can count on you to, um, if it's the quarterback position, and I'll say, look, I'm going to call these running plays because I think you can execute it, and when I call this pass play, you better hit it. If I have more confidence in you to be able to do that or to spot this cornerback right here coming for this blitz, whoever I think can identify that cornerback first, that's what I'm putting in the game. Consistency. 
consistent. We haven't seen it. And I know Ike said this in the spring. He said Hugh Freeze has a type. Hugh Freeze is willing to ride with his type and give them time to grow up. Man, buddy, maybe it was the uh, the current NFL wide receiver and the soon-to-be NFL wide receiver that made all the difference for him. I don't know. Could it be that simple? Maybe. Outstanding talent can make up for a lot. It can cover deficiencies. It's really hard for me to say that just Peyton Thorne is the worst part of this thing because, I don't know, man, I really think it's a full-scale failure. Blocking, route running, pass catching, the cerebral part of the quarterback game, identification, uh, making the adjustment, accuracy. All of them, that's my answer. All you, <laughs> everybody, Everybody's been disappointed. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm really pleased with the offensive line, though. I know it seems like we haven't passed block very well, but I also think that it's really easy to get the best of an offense and a quarterback when we don't even really want to pass the ball. We're not good at it, and we don't want to do it. That's the easiest time to rush. You ever see like a, a rookie quarterback in the NFL and they come up against a really good defensive coordinator and they just get like skunk. Like it's, it's always really interesting to see when that happens. I, I imagine the best defensive coordinators are going, oh, we seeing them? Man, I'm finna ruin this dude's whole, whole year because I know you can't handle this. And with as inconsistent as we've looked passing the ball, I imagine the best pass rushers in this league are going, oh, I can't wait until we get to Auburn. I'm finna stat pad like a mug. Yeah, yeah. I, I um the offensive line. I think they've been good. I don't think you find the room on the ground for the running backs unless your offensive line is at least good. They compared to last year, tons better. So I'm pleased with them. But if I'm gonna disappointment, I'm I'm splitting it between the wide receivers and the quarterback. Both. That's my answer. B O A F. Both. Both. Um. <laughs> I think the guy that has been most disappointing for me, and it's going to be a surprise to everybody, is um, Shane Hooks, man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I, listen, and I, not that I thought that Shane Hooks was going to be the, I didn't, you know, I wasn't on the Shane Hooks train like everybody else about him being the leading receiver for this team this year. And, you know, he's going to be out here, but like, I thought he was more sure-handed than he's shown himself to be. I thought he was more of a dynamic playmaker than he's shown himself to be. Um, in the instances where he could have come up really big for this team, he he hasn't. And I thought, you know, listen, man, you put him one-on-one, that's going to be lunch. And he just hasn't been there for him, man. And, um, you know, I've been disappointed in that so far. So he has underperformed expectations for me. Uh, again, that's not to say that other people haven't underperformed. Honestly, you know, th- despite the fact that he missed the one game, Jarquez Hunter has underperformed expectations for me so far this season. He hasn't been the—he hasn't really been seeing the field the way that I thought he was going to be in this uh, next year. Uh, but, yeah, for me, I think it's, it's going to be Shane Hooks has been— the one who's underperformed the most. Again, not to say that anybody's bad. I didn't say any player was bad. I just don't think that the expectation has, or the productivity has matched the expectation for me in that regard. Um, and, and he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, right? We haven't thrown the ball a lot, but still, I'm going to have to go with Shane Hooks as far as one who's been the most underperformed uh, to the expectation. Mm-hmm. 